has a special this morning. Whoa. 
Amazing how the the songs and the uh, even the uh, words that uh, Miss Barbara shared go right hand in hand with the message this morning. Go ahead and uh, go to Joshua chapter 13, and we will look at God's word for a little while this morning. And uh, I really admired uh, what Miss Barbara shared. Uh, I don't know if. Uh, uh, Cathead has the same inclination. I know he's, you know, he's a preacher not too long till retirement now. And uh, he'll say, hmm, do I need to go back to the mill or not? And uh, so he'll be praying about that and making that a decision. He'll probably let you know after church what he's planning on doing. But a lot of people reach retirement, and, and that is a lot of times some people uh, never retire. They love their occupation. You know, uh, we stand for... And it has to do with the title of the message. Think about what I'm saying. Joshua was old but bold. 
basically what it was was uh and that's what it says in our text in Joshua 13:1 now Joshua was old and stricken in years and the Lord said unto him thou art old now, what God doesn't even miss any words hey you're old <laughs> you know God just comes out and says it you're old and uh now think about the and you know the the hills and the valleys that Miss Betty was singing about. But every step we take, whether it be a hill or a valley or anything you're going through, it does bring you closer to the Lord if you walk with Him, if you go with Him. So, but I want to say this uh, right off the bat, and you think, well, okay, he's just preaching to the old people today. I'm left, no, 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 because age is just a number, and I think I put that in there for you. Age is just a number. You can be active serving the Lord no matter what. Now, at this particular time, he says, Thou art old and stricken in years, and there remaineth yet very much land to be possessed. Hey, you may be old, but hey, I've still got a lot of work for you to do. Now, Joshua, at this time, was about uh, 90 to 100, right in that range right there. If you go to the, don't go there yet, but if you go to the last chapter, of this book, you find out that he dies being 110 years old. Now, they were living a lot longer time. After the flood, man's life was greatly reduced. And that had to do with the environmental changes upon this planet. You know, there were so many environmental changes that uh, used to, I mean, mankind, animals, lizards, dinosaurs, all of that before the flood uh, people lived a long time. There was no rain. It had to do with the bacterial changes and a bunch of other things. Now, after the flood, all of a sudden, the canopy that was over the earth is removed. And now there's rain and other things like that. A whole bunch of bacterial changes that brought greatly reduced man's life or longevity. That's a whole other story. But now they're still living about 140 120, now 110, that's how old Joshua lives to be. Remember, Moses died being 120 years old. And so that's right before Joshua. Now, looking at these guys, age is just a number and maturity. And so I'm going to serve the Lord with whatever time you have left. And it doesn't matter if you include God, and I pray that you do in every form of your life you can be a witness i know that our secular society has greatly changed things our school teachers are and until the student brings it up uh, a lot of our teachers are greatly restricted on what they can say now our particular school systems here in the south a lot of them have a lot of leeway mainly because there's not a lot of people, atheists, that are griping and complaining. Uh, there's uh, some, they had that big deal at Bastrop last year at the graduation. They did have that thing that the students prayed anyway. Uh, I like that. You can stand up against things. You know, time has changed our society. I found that out this week. Uh, I was uh, had some questions uh, uh Matter of fact, uh, the junior high principal is a, is a Methodist preacher at Hamburg, and Mr. Broughton, and I went to him this uh, earlier this week, and I had some questions. I had some questions for the counselor, Miss Lisa, and 
about uh, Caleb and Allie. I've got two students now, two kids in junior high. Last year when I told him that I would be at the junior high visiting from time to time, he didn't know me that well at the time. He knows me a little bit better now. And he, well, uh, Reverend Reeves, <laughs> we, we don't need, you know, too many parents up here, you know, all at the same time. And, uh, but he, I said, don't worry, you'll never know I'm here. And, uh, but anyway, and I was just finding out, and I do want to share with you something quickly that I, that I found out that the state of Arkansas, which, you know, whether it be D.C. or any state capital, they hand down, you know, and our teachers have to teach whatever the state tells them to teach, so to speak. And, uh, and I know that's subjective uh, to different people's opinion. But uh, anyway, I said, how come Caleb's having to retake uh, health? Well, it's now state requirement because he took it last year, health 7th and 8th, having to retake health 7th and 8th. He didn't fail. He passed. I said, why is he having to retake it? Well, there's new curriculum, new guidelines. The state of Arkansas is requiring every teacher, excuse me, every student to have to take it in junior high. And I said, well, do you get new books? No, I didn't get new books. And uh, I said, we got new uh, frameworks and uh, basically an outline of what the teacher is supposed to cover. You know, and as I was thumbing through that, uh, through the, uh, state required framework or guidelines, you know, and I'm thinking, this is what I'm thinking. Every one of everybody in this room that's my age and older, you know, health was uh, wash your hands, our immune system protects our bodies, and uh, the spread of germs and bacteria and so on and so forth, things like that. But now health is uh, uh, about all that. Plus, about uh, how to say no to drugs. There was a little bit of that in there whenever we were in school. And it was just starting to come on. Uh, how to say, Now it's all about um, uh, proper use of contraceptives. All right. How to say no to sex. Also sexual choices and sexual orientation, the spread of HIV and AIDS virus, and a whole bunch of other. I can print you off a copy of the uh, frameworks. Or you can go to Arkansas Department of Higher Education, print it off yourself. But and I was thinking to myself, well, you know, that how our culture has changed, how our, our, our school systems have changed, all of these things, you know, they say, well, the parents aren't teaching it, so we have to teach it to our kids. And, and I understand the premise of that logic. But at the same time, thinking about there's a whole lot of work to do. We live in a time where the government thinks that parents can't do their job anymore so the government has to do it for them. And, uh, and that is the overall view across the United States. Uh, it takes, a, instead of parents to raise a child, it takes a village uh, to raise a child's thinking of the federal government. But uh, in looking at that, I think about, you know, I want to discuss those things with my kids. I want to teach them. I want to put in my two bits to let the, is society right? Do, in other words, is it okay to live for this lifestyle, these choices, these things are okay? You know, we live in where everything's okay, everything's permissible, everything's allowed, and we have to listen to me. A lot of curriculum out there that wants to teach your kids and grandkids. That, uh, well, the world says it's okay to be gay. It's okay to come out of the closet. 
Well, so many of them are coming out of the closets, and I think the Christians are rushing into them. So there's a lot of work, just like um, Miss Barbara shared. What does God want me to stand for, no matter your age, no matter your work status? Is there somebody you can witness to? Is there somebody you can share the gospel with? Basically this, they were going into a society where God told them, I want you to wipe out the Hivites and the Jebusites and the Amorites and the, all those other ites. I want you to, why? Because their culture was against God. That's, I mean, their culture, basically they believed in worshiping a God who says it's okay to kill your kids and sacrifice them on the altar. And God says, no, that's wrong. I want you to push them out of the land, drive them out, kill them out. And, but a lot of people says, well, that sounds like genocide. Well, they would in turn, and basically God was saying this, you're at war. And we're at war with, not today with flesh and blood. The Bible says we're at war with the devil. We're at war against uh, principalities, against powers, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So there's a whole lot of work left to do in our world. I should not give up. Now, I was uh, discussing this with uh, Brother Darren last night, and we were talk- just kind of drifted off a little bit on the end times and discussing Jesus coming back and you know, and, and people say, well, I, and I've heard people actually say this, I just don't see how it can get any worse in our society. Well, hang on. <laughs> it's going to get, I think, it's, it can get a lot worse. I think it can get a whole lot worse. And we, at one time in our society, people had to hide to worship God. We are not that bad yet. Okay, so look at verse 13. There remaineth yet very much land to be possessed. There's a lot of work to do. Now listen to this. I put on that first point that age is just a number. Don't ever use the excuse, I'm too old. You know, Moses was not... uh, called into the ministry till he was 80 years old and joshua here was sit, he kind of sat on the back seat till he was about 80 years old but many times uh, and i put on there maturity is not tied to age you can be i have y'all ever met somebody who was mature beyond their years they may be 18 years old but they're a lot more mature than any 18-year-old that I've ever been around. They've got a focus about them. They've got a drive. They've got a determination. Folks, you can be that way with the Lord, not just your career or your education. Can I be mature for Jesus? Can I stand for Him? Also, the same is true with you can be 70 or 80 years old and immature. You can be immature socially. You can be immature Physically, uh, mentally, you can be immature spiritually. What is immature? Immature usually has to do with your very needy, uh, your your low self-esteem, lack of approval. Uh, there's all irresponsibility, 
always uh, uh, condemning, nagging against, uh, and so many times immaturity has to, you can see it in, well, no matter what age, you can see it. Now, Joshua was mature throughout his years, even as a young person, he says, we can take the land. We can do it. But a lot of people older than him didn't listen to him. Joshua had what I call uh, a bold move in his life. And I want to back up to his maturity level. In Joshua chapter 10, the story occurs in verses 5 through 15. And so just pick it up. Basically this, they had had the victory of Jericho. They had had the victory at Ai. They had really had even taken over Gibeon. Remember, the Gibeonites were the deceivers that deceived them about being from a far country. And so, basically, they came up with the dream team. Well, here's what we'll do. Let's all team up against the Israelites. And this is uh, the five kings in verse 5. The five kings of the Amorites, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, the king of Eglon gathered themselves together and went up, they and all their host, and encamped before Gibeon to make war against it because they heard the Gibeonites had got on Israel's side. And the men of Gibeon said unto Joshua to the camp of Gilgal, saying, Slack not thy hand from thy servants. Come up to us quickly. Save us. Help us. For all the kings of the Amorites that dwell in the mountains are gathered together against us. Now this is what I call a great challenge. Basically this. Right now, some of you in your life are going through a tough time or a tough problem. I call it a great challenge. Follow me very closely what I'm saying. The whole point of the message says Joshua was old but bold. Basically this, I don't care my age or my situation, will I stand up for the Lord? That's the point this morning. Don't look at yourself and say, I'm only 17, I can't do anything. I'm only 77. I'm retired. I don't need to do anything for Jesus. Where's that in the rule book? That a 17-year-old can't serve the Lord or a 77-year-old can't serve the Lord. It says he was old, but be bold for the Lord and don't use excuses. So you got a great challenge here. you got this dream team of kings that says, Man, we got to do something against these children of Israel and the Gibeonites. Let's get them because they're on Israel's side now. And so they sent Joshua for help. And let me tell you this. There's some, and I know some of y'all's situations, some of them I don't know. There's several people in this room that are facing health challenges, that are facing personal problems, facing issues in your life that maybe I don't have a clue about, but God knows. You can have a great challenge, but you have a great God and a great Savior. His name is Jesus. He can help you. He may not take the storm away, but He promises to go with you through the storm. Okay? So, I don't care how big the problem is. They asked, folks, they asked the right person. They said, Joshua, come help us. And so Joshua does come to help. 
I call it a great challenge and then a great request, verse 12 and 13. Then spake Joshua to the Lord. Now, Joshua comes to the rescue. I'm summing up the story for y'all this morning. Joshua comes to the rescue. Then spake Joshua the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites, I'm in Joshua 10, 12, before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, basically this, some of you uh, pray uh, out loud. Some of you may pray silent. He said it before everybody. Now imagine if he was wrong. He said, son, stand still. He says, uh, he asked the son, basically, we need more time to whip all these people. <laughs> now, that's a bold request to say publicly. Last night, uh, we went to first time I'd ever been to a Japanese steak grill thing. And, and uh, uh, we were there. And so, and you sit like with other people that you don't know. Uh, somebody told me that, but I didn't really comprehend. I saw it. So, you're sitting there with your your group and other people you don't know, and we don't. And normally, after the waiter waitress takes the order, that's my time to pray. So I said, "Well, we want to pray." And there's other people I don't know. There's four ladies sitting there. Find out they're school teachers from Farmable. Anyway, I said, "Well, we're about to pray. Is there anything going on in y'all's lives that we could pray about? Pray for? Oh, we're glad y'all are wanting to pray." And uh, Casey, the young lady sitting there. It was uh, just getting over. She's going to MD Anderson to for a checkup. She had brain cancer, I believe it was, or brain surgery. And so I said, "Okay." And I prayed for Casey. Prayed right there. Just well, ask. Just pray publicly. Some people won't pray publicly, or and ask others. Ask your waiter. Ask your waitress. Anybody around you got anything going on? You want me to pray about? And so and it worked out. Sometimes it does. Sometimes I had one time a waiter at uh, at. Uh, Cracker Barrel said, I don't need your prayers. <laughs> okay, pray for him anyway. I just didn't let him know, you know. And uh, so, but pray, and he prayed publicly. It says right there, he prayed before all Israel, in the sight of all Israel, son, stand still. And guess what? What a miracle. It says there at the end of verse 13, the sun stood still. Now, some people have said, how did God do that? I think if he made it all, he can make it do anything. Well, some people say that it's impossible for the sun to actually stop. Some people say God caused some sort of refraction or reflection that caused the sun's shining to last a little longer. I don't know. how. I just believe he did it. Okay? And so it's a great request. Folks, you say, God cannot heal my cancer. God cannot. Who's putting limits on God? Son, stop. And it did. Matter of fact, look at what I call a great compliment. I just want to skip down. They had a great victory, a great compliment. Verse 14 is cool. Notice verse 14. There was no day like that before it or after it that the Lord, it says hearkened, if you have a King James Bible, just change that to the way we talk, listened, that the Lord listened unto the voice of a man for the Lord fought for Israel. And let me go ahead and say, y'all, the Lord will fight for you. The Lord will fight for you. Can you be bold? Can you pray bold? Some of us are too scared to even pray bold. In your prayer closet, what do you have to lose? Pray bold. 
Joshua, in, he, it says he's old, but God says, I don't care. I've got a lot of work left for you to do. That's the whole purpose of this morning's message. Age is just a number. Stop making excuses. Be bold for Jesus. Some of us can be bold for what we want. It ain't about what we want. It's about what God wants. Let's be bold for Him, not our lame selves. Not what our own wants or desires are. I want to be bold for Him, and I don't care. If I'm, and they were very, very helpful at the junior high. Helped me out and printing me off stuff and doing that. And Miss Tammy and Miss Lisa and doing this. And, but you know, and but they get their orders from Little Rock or wherever. And the state passes this down. The state passes that down. Well, folks, somebody needs to talk to Washington and the state. Uh-huh. We need to be bold for to our politicians. We need to be bold to to anybody in leadership. Can you be bold for Jesus? Now the tribes settle in, which is really cool. Matter of fact, in the back, don't don't you can turn there if you want to. But the back of most Bibles are a map of where they settled in. The tribes settle in, and which is really cool. And I want to mention this: the tribes settle in. Everybody got a portion in uh, Joshua chapter thirteen and verse fourteen and thirty-three. I know I didn't really make that clear on your outline, but I wanted to point this out. It mentions there's one tribe. Did you know that one tribe did not receive any inheritance? The tribe of Levi. Now, why? Well, the tribe of Levi, that's where the priests came from. All right? And the priests were given, their blessing was they were to serve the Lord in the service of Basically like preachers are today. It's kind of very similar, but it's a different form of worship. In the Old Testament, they worship through sacrifices and bringing things to the priest and uh, animal sacrifices and like a goat would do this, you know, bulls. And, and the Bible says in Hebrews that the blood of bulls and goats never saved anybody. So what was it? No, it was just being obedient to God and having faith that there was a coming sacrifice that would take away their sins. They believed in a Messiah. They didn't even know his name. All right? Now, notice these preachers, so to speak. It says, Only only unto the tribe of Levi he gave none inheritance. The sacrifices of the Lord, in other words, serving the Lord, God of Israel, made by fire, are their inheritance. As he said unto them, verse 33 of this same chapter, says, But unto the tribe of Levi Moses gave not any inheritance, the Lord God of Israel were their inheritance, okay? And then if you flip over real quick to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, it just talks about preachers today. And, uh, and this is taught several places. But in first, So I'm a preacher. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 13, it says, Do you know that they which minister about or serve about holy things also live of the things of the temple? And that's the Old Testament example. And that they that wait upon their altars are partakers with the altar. Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live the gospel. Now I want to say this, and I thank the Lord that, uh, that Promised Land takes good care of me and my family. And that's a testimony to other preachers and, and mature Christians that have seen in God's Word 
that we need to do preachers right. Some pe- people believe in in giving and just saying what what's the least amount we can get by with, you know, which is the opposite of what the Bible says to what's the best we can do, the most we can do to take care of God's man. Especially the Bible says they that labor in word and deed, okay, to take care of God's man. We're all we're praying about that with Brother Trey right now. He's getting married. Uh, you know, what to do, what does God want us to do, the best we can do to take care of God's man. What that is, oh, by the way, church, listen to me very closely. A church's relationship with God will always be, always be a direct reflection on how they take care of their pastor. If the church, now you... You can do a survey and ask a thousand preachers. I'm correct, okay? The way a church takes care of its pastor or pastors is a direct reflection on a church's overall relationship with God. And a lot of times whenever there's, it's all about bunker mentality and let's just save what we got and do with what we got, that's the way their relationship with God is. It's okay. It's kind of like that fellow who had one talent and went and hid it in the earth and was afraid to use that one talent. And the other guys were, uh, you, got, you gave me ten, I'm going to go out and do what I can with ten. And God gave him doubled and tripled and so on and so forth. A great parable. Use whatever God gives you for his honor and glory. That's it. That's it in a nutshell. Use whatever God gives you for his honor and glory. Moving on, so the tribes, they all got everything except for who? <laughs> the preachers. But guess what? The other tribes said, we'll take care of you. Matter of fact, that was God's orders. Y'all need to take care of the priests. So just take care of them, and I'll take care of you. And that was just really cool, and a lot of churches do a great job of doing that today. Then finally, God's promise to Caleb. Back in our text, now this is really neat. Uh, I love what the Word of God says here. It says here that, you know, Caleb, he was 40 years old. I'm in Joshua 14, 7. He says, I was 40 years old whenever I went in with the other 11 guys to spy out the land. All right? And I brought him word again that was in my heart. And if you... And I'm not going to take the time to, I call it Caleb's awesome faith. Basically, he said this, we can do it. We can, t- I don't care how big they are, we can do it. Matter of fact, um, I'm in Joshua 14, 8 now. It says, nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. In other words, shake with fear. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. Well, Caleb had to wait. And it says here that Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he saith, these forty and five years. So now he's eighty-five years old. That's what it says at the end of verse 10. And now he says in verse 11, I don't care if I'm 85, I'm as strong this day as I was when I was 40. And he says, so is my strength now for war, both to go in and go out. And he says in verse 12, now therefore give me this mountain. I want to sum it up for you. 
okay? And that is this. If you read those scriptures, all that I gave you, the Bible said this to Joshua would take over for Moses. And for Caleb, he says, everywhere you went on your journey, he says, I'm going to give you that land. When they started dividing the land, Caleb was of the tribe of Judah. Guess who also came from the tribe of Judah? Jesus Christ. Now, as Caleb uh, was talking about, you know what he did? He spoke up real quick and he said this. He said, God will give me, I, I want my mountain. I want to tell you this. The three principles from this. Number one, God kept his promise to Caleb. He said, you're going to get your mountain. Don't use age as an excuse. Don't make excuses for your service for God. Say, I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm retired. I'm too busy working. Those are excuses. Take Jesus with you to work. Use a track. We got a bunch of tracks out there, some really cool ones. Put them in your purse. Put them in your truck. Put them in your lunchbox. Put your New Testament in your lunchbox. At the price of school lunches today, we're packing lunches, okay? And uh, so we're doing it all. Put, put Jesus, take, take Jesus with you, okay? Don't make excuses. Be bold for Jesus. Oh, by the way, what our main text said, what? There's still much land that or much work that I have for you to do. And I want to go ahead and say this, and I like the way I said it in the conclusion. We still have a lot of work to do in our promised land. This is our promised land. And I'm not just talking about this county road, all right? Everywhere y'all live, that's where you're supposed to work. Anybody you live around or come around or work around, that's when you need to be bold. When you're at a restaurant and you're going to say grace before the meal, be bold. Now, I don't mean stand up on top of the table whenever you ask grace. But, you know, be bold. Talk to people about your faith. And then lastly, God keeps His promises. He will help you through whatever adversity or storm you're going through in your life. You say, I don't know how our cancer is going to work out. I don't know how this surgery is going to work out. But God does. God does know. As we prepare for Him invitation, would you bow with me for a word of prayer, please? Father, I just thank you so very much for allowing us this time together. Father, to look at your word, the example of, of Joshua, how that even though that he was 85, 90 to 100 years old, he said, well, I'm going to keep serving you till you call me home. And Father, I pray that uh, we would not let age or, or physical things in life be an excuse, but we would be bold for you. Father, help us to trust you in your word this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.